Hey everybody, it is Mike Petralia, Trags, back with the latest episode of the Jungle Roar podcast, a special episode, if you will, recapping the Bengals' cut down to the 53-man roster limit by 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday afternoon. Zach Taylor explained the moves that the Bengals made on Tuesday afternoon, and he touched on a couple of topics. First of all, the makeup of the offensive line, the running back room, and the wide receiver room. It was interesting because the Bengals chose to keep 10 offensive linemen, including tackles Deontay Smith and Jackson Carmen. Why is that significant? Well, it means those two players will continue to battle for the third tackle spot behind, of course, right tackle Jonah Williams and left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. going into the season. And it gives the Bengals some versatility. Bengals also deciding to keep Cody Ford, the free agent that was signed uh, in the offseason uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, and the Bengals also deciding to keep Max Sharping, who provided a lot of value at the end of the season last year and into the playoffs. Yes, he had a struggle uh, against Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship, but there's no shame in that, of course. The Chiefs, uh, because of a guy like Chris Jones, were able to go on and win the Super Bowl uh, last year. But the Bengals uh, combined composing the offensive line in an area they feel now is an area of strength uh, with 10 offensive linemen. And of course, keep in mind that L. Collins begins the season on the pup list. That means the Bengals actually have 11 active players on the roster. That does not include players that will be re-signed on Wednesday afternoon, uh, afternoon time on Wednesday, uh, and added to the practice squad. So the Bengals will have a lot of versatility in their offensive line group. They feel that's going to be a strength going forward. How about the running back room? There are going to be four running backs. I don't think that's too big of a surprise especially uh, since Travion Williams got hurt on the first day of padded practices way back on uh, August 1st. He's been uh, kind of treating his sprained right ankle, and the Bengals have been taking their time with uh, one of their best running backs in pass protection and keeping him on the roster, no surprise. Joe Mixon, of course, is the first and second round back for uh, the running game, no surprise there. Chris Evans has emerged. He had a very good training camp and a very good preseason. He needed to have one frankly, and he showed off his potential there. And then there's rookie Chase Brown, who I think in that last game against the Washington Commanders, uh, really on the first run of the game, the nine-yard gain that he had, uh, leading eventually to a touchdown score on the pass uh, from uh, backup quarterback Jake Browning, who made the squad on Tuesday afternoon, to Andre Yoshivas, who also made the squad. But the four running backs, I think, um, really – set the table for the Bengals to have some versatility there. Now they just need to go out and have some more production. I think the Bengals would agree. The offensive staff, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, would agree with the uh, assumption that the Bengals need more out of their running back room in the 2023 season. What about the tight end position? It was Mitchell Wilcox coming off pup and beating out Tanner Hudson. Uh, Tanner Hudson had a terrific game, of course, on uh, Saturday evening in Washington, made some very nice catches, athletic grabs, a snatching grab, if you will, uh, late in the uh, or midway through the second half. Uh, Tanner Hudson really opening some eyes, which leads me to my next point. And that is 
the six vested veterans who were released as part of the 53-man cutdown on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Why are the six vested veterans so important? Well, they do not have to clear waivers. If the Bengals and those veterans decide to come to an agreement, those six players can choose to sign as free agents as they became when they were released on Tuesday afternoon. They can choose to re-sign with the Bengals. And I think when you're talking about names like Michael J. Thomas, Stanley Morgan, uh, and certainly Trent Taylor, all three of them have a history with the Bengals. The Bengals coaches love those three players, and I can see them all returning on Wednesday as part of the practice squad. Tanner Hudson is another player who is a vested veteran who could decide, you know what, I have a chance to practice with Joe Burrow. Something happens to Drew Sample. Something happens to Irv Smith, for that matter, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, There becomes an opportunity for the Bengals uh, to tap into somebody who has proven to them in training camp and in preseason games that he understands the system and it can be productive. And that is somebody like Tanner Hudson, who, by the way, has a Super Bowl ring with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the 2020 uh, season. He's played the last couple of years, one with San Francisco in the just last season with the New York Giants. Uh, and then there's Trevor Simeon. Now, we mentioned uh, earlier that uh, quarterback Jake Browning beat out Trevor Simeon. Simeon is somebody who has a history, as we've pointed out several times before on this podcast, with offensive coordinator Brian Callahan in 2016 with the Denver Broncos. Uh, The Bengals do not consider that to be insignificant. I would not be surprised to see Trevor Simeon signed to the practice squad if Simeon feels this is still a good environment for him to move forward with his career. So on Tuesday afternoon, Zach Taylor had the opportunity to explain to the media and to Bengal fans why this was one of the deepest teams that he has coached in training camp and what makes this 53-man roster one of the deepest and strongest he's had in his five years as Bengals head coach. Um, I would agree with that. In my five years here, I think this is the the hardest, and it is the hardest because the you have a higher number of quality players that are worthy of being on it, as opposed to you know maybe there's years where you have 49 or 50, and and you're trying to sort through it. And it can be difficult that way too. But I I think this year just just you know I thought our 90 man roster was as strong as it's ever been, and so obviously that leads to more difficult decisions there for the final 53. Again, I, I felt like this is the strongest 53 we've had uh, from top to bottom. And so we, we, if our roster stands pat as it is, we'll, we'll be very happy with that. I think this is your youngest. I'm pretty sure this is your youngest roster. Does it feel like that? Uh, or uh, is it something that, you know, kind of injects you a little bit? Or how do you, how do you see that? Yeah, I think we got real young talent. I, I think as your roster gets more expensive, it also gets younger in some areas as well. Um, that's just the nature of the NFL and how it unfolds. But um, at the same time, I think that Duke has done a great job um, with the draft. You know, it's it's all these guys we've, we've drafted over these last couple of years feel like they're playing key roles for us, um, whether they're starters or depth players or, or featured on special teams. And so, um, you know, it, it does speak to the young talent that we have and that, that we're really impressed by a lot of those guys. Zach, you have two practices this week before you get into game week next week. What will your emphasis be with these two practices before the team breaks for the weekend? A mixture of things. There's a whole mixture of things. You know, you start to preview Cleveland and get ready for that. Um, You start to continue to fine-tune some things that you're going to need over the course of the season. So there's there's a couple different things that we'll be hitting on these next couple days. Do you look at these last few practices as an extended part of game week or is there a defined line between this is the end of 
preseason stuff and now it's game week once you get into that week? It's a good question. Um, I think we we owe it to ourselves to start to preview Cleveland to be ready for that. At the same time, you can over-prepare. You know, it's um, when you're putting together six practices on a team, it can start to feel like a lot. So you want to keep the game week fresh for the guys um, to keep their attention, keep their focus on Cleveland. So there, there's some things that, that we'll blatantly introduce. There's some things we'll subtly introduce. And then there'll be some things that we're just revisiting over training camp that we'll want to be able to pull out, you know, in the first five, seven weeks of the season um, that maybe we didn't hit as much in training camp as, as we're going to need once the season goes. In other Bengals-related news, Zach Taylor was, of course, asked about Joe Burrow and whether or not there was any injury update and whether or not Joe Burrow might appear at practice on Wednesday and possibly Thursday before the Bengals get a three-day Labor Day weekend break uh, over the upcoming weekend. And Zach Taylor said no update except for the fact that his body's doing well. He loves the way he looks right now. And I think Zach Taylor, when you read between the lines, feels that uh, Joe Burrow will be physically ready for the 2023 season opener, September 10th in Cleveland. Of course, everybody's going to wonder, what about the mental reps? What about the speed of the game? What about his game conditioning? Of course, that was a bit of an issue last year, one could say, after his five turnovers against the Steelers in overtime and that uh, kind of shocking opening day loss to the Steelers at Paycor Stadium last uh, September. The Bengals would like to avoid a repeat of that. And I can tell you, in talking to uh, people around the Bengals locker room, coaches and fellow uh, players and teammates of Joe Burrow, he is in a much stronger, physically stronger place than he was last year coming off appendicitis. What remains to be seen is the timing. Is he going to have the timing that he wants uh, going into the season with some of his new players, namely a guy like Irv Smith Jr., the new tight end who replaces, of course, Hayden Hurst? That is something that remains to be seen. I would expect the Bengals to be um, out of sync a little bit with regard to some of the details on offense to start the season. I think they're going to rely heavily on their defense to be productive, get after the quarterback, and not put so much burden on Joe Burrow's shoulders right out of the shoot. That would be the game plan. But, of course, Joe Burrow is a very competitive guy. He would want to be able to put up points right out of the gate. And we'll see if he's in physical shape to do that and whether or not the speed of the game. The Bengals, of course, will be going up against Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and that Cleveland defense, which is always, as we know, and it's well documented, has always given Joe Burrow trouble. But, again, Zach Taylor... Uh, non-committal really on uh, Tuesday afternoon, except for the fact that he says he likes the way Joe Burrow is progressing physically. Well, wait and see whether or not he practices this week or if he just decides to wait until next Monday, Labor Day Monday, to resume practicing with the team. What about Joseph Osai? Of course, he suffered a high ankle sprain, according to Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer. She reported that uh, on Tuesday morning, and the Bengals are not offering any further update on that. Zach Taylor said they'll have more information uh, later Tuesday night and also Wednesday and then make a decision going forward. A high ankle sprain certainly sounds like Joseph Osai may not be ready for the season opener. That's where Miles Murphy, a rookie, could come out of the gate flying. He has certainly shown progress uh, since the start of training camp when he was getting pushed around a little bit. You know, I think he was trying to find his way through the Bengals' uh, defensive scheme and what they expect from their edges. Of course, every team has different expectations when it comes to uh, what they expect of their defensive ends, and I think Miles Murphy 
showed on uh, Saturday evening in Washington, he can really get some push into the quarterback pocket, and that's what I would expect would expect from a guy like Miles Murphy. I would not expect Joseph Osai to be ready for the September 10th season opener. Does he go on IR? Here's something to understand about the injured reserve. If a player goes on injured reserve after the practice squads start to be formed, then the player can return later in the year from injured uh, reserve. That's why the Bengals don't want to make a decision too quickly. There are four players that the Bengals placed on injured reserve heading into the roster cut down on Tuesday afternoon. Those four players will not be available for the remainder of the season. You go on IR uh, at the uh, 90-man to 53-man cut down on Tuesday. If you go on IR at that point, you are done for the season. So if the Bengals choose to place um, Joseph Osai on short-term IR, that is an option as well. Keep a close eye on that. We'll have you covered throughout uh, the week as the Bengals uh, return to practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Again, they have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off before returning for practice on Labor Day Monday. Follow me on Twitter, X. At Trags, T-R-A-G-S, CLNSmedia.com. And of course, subscribe and leave the comments below at YouTube.com slash at Jungle Roar Pod, all one word. Thanks again for watching this special episode of the Jungle Roar Podcast.